Hello, this is Bill Lytell, uh, Senior Pastor of Gospel Baptist Church, Wisdom for Your Walk. Let me share with you one of the greatest verses in the entire Bible, John 3.16. It is the most well-worn ground of any place of Scripture. More Sunday school lessons around it, more preaching around it, more illustrations around it. It was, <coughs> excuse me, Jesus' own words as he was reasoning with Nicodemus, a Pharisee, on who he was. I ran across the outline after I had many, many times attempted to preach this, but just could not do it. Didn't feel my outlines were honoring and worthy of the verse. Uh, I ran across an old, old book my wife found in her shopping, and in this little book was a 12-point outline of John 3.16. I couldn't believe it. I read that thing and said, that's exactly what I'm looking for. The chances of finding this old discarded book who had been out of print forever, written by some soul probably over 100 years ago, uh, realizing that would probably never be read again. Yet I almost that far, that long ago, read it. And not only did I read it, I put it in a message and began to preach it. As soon as I began to preach that message, things happened. People got saved. Preached it in Key West Baptist uh, Temple. Key West had two couples get saved. One couple became the youth pastor. One couple went to ministry. I preached at our church at gospel. People got saved. I mean, saved, born again, joined the church, baptized, stay with God. And uh, the power, of course, as you know, is in the gospel. Uh, Romans 1.16, Paul said, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It's the power of God unto salvation. To the Jew first and also to the Greek. So we know the power is not our mouth or our voice but it's the words of God, which forever settle in heaven, and the Holy Spirit coupled with it. And so we make a, a, a team, the Word of God, the Holy Spirit, and you repeating the gospel. And as you repeat it, things happen. Let's try to get out there and repeat the gospel as many people as possible before you're taken home. Let me give you this quick outline. Maybe you can use it someday. Maybe you can share it with some folks and it continue to go on past me and past that little book and have the results, hopefully, that I have had. It's, uh, it's based on the title of the poem was The Greatest, The Greatest. For God, the greatest lover. There was a song written years ago that went across and through Christianity. It was pretty popular. Uh, the last verse of the song, the strangest thing about it, was these words were written uh, on a on an insane asylum prison, kind of an insane asylum ward, on the wall. And if somebody picked these verses, it's phenomenal, and let me read it to you, you'll understand, so aptly describe the love of God for us. Nobody loves you like Jesus loves you. Could we with ink the ocean fill, and were the skies of parchment made, and every blade of grass a quill, and every man a scribe by trade? To write the love of God to man would Drain the ocean dry. Nor could the scroll contain the whole. It'll stretch from sky to sky. For God. Starts out for God. He's the greatest lover. You say, nobody loves me. Oh, yeah. The old little song we sing, Jesus loves me. This I know for the Bible tells me so. Maybe the most profound, simple song ever sung by man. Jesus loves you, dear brother, dear sister. Jesus loves you. The world may not treat you right. Nobody may treat you right. You may be offended every direction, but go to Jesus. 
and he is a lover of your soul. For God, the greatest lover, so loved the greatest degree. Greater love hath no man than this, and a man lay down his life for his friends. Jesus' words, John 15, 13. Jesus Christ, not only does God love you, but Jesus Christ, God's Son, gave himself for you. He loved you in the greatest degree. No man could love you more than the Lord Jesus. For God, the greatest lover, so loved the greatest degree. The world, the greatest company. Christ died for the whole world. In 1 John 2, 2, it says, He's a propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only but also for the sins of the whole world. For God, the greatest lover, so loved the greatest degree, the world, the greatest company that he gave, that was the greatest act. No other act in history has ever impacted the world like the crucifixion. It was, it was impossible to predict that that crucifixion was like so many crucifixions uh, before it and after it, that that one crucifixion would have made a difference it was so different that the, the old centurion said, truly this man was the son of God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That was the greatest gift. One thing that distinguishes Christianity from other religions, in, other, in the world's religions, the blood flows from the convert to God. In Christianity, the blood flows from God to the convert. I like the song where it says, see his head, his hands, his feet. Sorrow and love flow mingled down, that ere such love and sorrow meet, or tones compose, compose so rich a crown. For God, the greatest lover, so loved the greatest degree, the world, the greatest company, that gave the greatest act, his only begotten son, the greatest gift, that whosoever, that's the greatest opportunity. No opportunity will ever come by you more than the fact that you can be saved and have your sins forgiven not on your merit, not on anyone else's merit, but on the merit of the righteous blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, the sinless Son of God, the Christ, the Son of the living God. You take your sin and place him, place all of your sin on the Son in faith, believing that he died in your place. The Bible says he died for our sins. I love that verse. So for God, the greatest lover, so love the greatest degree, the world, the greatest company, they gave the greatest act of, his only begotten Son, the greatest gift, that whosoever the greatest opportunity believeth the greatest simplicity. Uh, how simple it was uh, just to believe. People say to me, Brother Bill, it's just too simple. Yeah, it's simple enough for a five-year-old, like I got saved at five years old, believe it or not, I did. It's simple enough for a five-year-old to take and accept by simple faith, but it's, it's so simple that an adult will stumble over the very thing. It's got to be more to it. But it's just simple childlike faith. Bow your head and place your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, being willing to repent of your sin. That's sorrow for sin. That's what repentance is. It's sorrow for sin, really godly sorrow, work with repentance to salvation. So for God, the greatest lover, so love the greatest degree, the world, the greatest company, that he gave the greatest act, his only begotten son, the greatest gift, that whosoever, the greatest opportunity, Believeth the greatest simplicity in him, the greatest attraction. I like John 12, 32, where it says, And if I, if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men to, to me. We don't have to sell Jesus. We don't have to package Jesus. We don't have to rock and roll Jesus. We don't have to light show Jesus, fog show Jesus. We don't have to do big old fancy 
a choreograph for Jesus. You just need to lift up Jesus. Lift up the Son of God as the Savior of the world. Tell the story of, of the gospel, and people will be drawn to him. Why? Because the Holy Spirit will do it. For God, the greatest lover, so loved the greatest degree, the world, the greatest company that he gave, the greatest act, his only begotten son, the greatest gift to whosoever, the greatest opportunity, believe it, the greatest simplicity in him, the greatest attraction should not perish, the greatest promise. I love that. I'm not worried about dying. Why, Brother Bill? Well, because Jesus saved my soul, gives me the Holy Spirit, seals me as his child, and promises me eternal life. As it, my the promise I received of, of eternal life is, is as good as God. It's as good as God's promise. It's as good as God's character. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish. But that's the greatest difference. There's no hope but Jesus. There's only one Son. There is only one sacrifice. That's Lord Jesus. But is the greatest difference. Oh, don't you go to hell with, an, with a million excuses, with a, with, a, with a but but this, but that, a doubt this, a doubt that. How about you cast all them doubts away and say, I want to trust Christ my Savior. I want to see if God is, is who he said he is, and you put your faith in him, and he'll manifest himself to you. For God, the greatest lover, so loved the greatest degree of the world, the greatest company, they gave the greatest act. His only begotten Son, the greatest gift to whosoever, the greatest opportunity believeth, and the greatest simplicity in him, the greatest attraction should not perish, the greatest promise, but the greatest difference, have. That's the greatest certainty. I like John 10, 27, says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my Father's hand. You can argue this all you want, and men do. But you can argue it all you want. God knows the beginning and the end. He's not surprised by, the, by your faith. He knew when looking down through eternity that you would, when presented the gospel, that you in childlike faith would accept it, meet his conditions, and he would seal you into the Holy Spirit. There are no, no, nobody's brought into the family of God than taken out of the family of God because God knowing the beginning and the end would never let him come in the family of God if he knew they were going to go out of the family of God, just like Judas Iscariot. Everybody thought he was in the family of God, but Jesus knew he wasn't in the family of God. That's the way it is with the saints, dear brother. I mean, God knows who are, those who are his. He doesn't, I do not believe that's determinative knowledge like some of the Calvinists may. I don't believe that. I believe it was, a, it was still a free will. You still have a free choice, a real free choice, uh, based on real circumstances and a, and, a, and a will that can make a yes or a no. But God knew your choice. Not necessarily determining that choice, but knowing it and consequently seal those who said yes in him. The Bible calls it an election doctrine. I believe that's the right perspective on that doctrine. The last one, man, let me say it again. The last one, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's the greatest possession. The whole world seeks everlasting life. There's a thousand pyramids in the country of Peru, many of them still buried in the jungle. Nobody knows even where they're all at. There's pyramids in Egypt. What were all those pyramids about? What were those pyramids around the world about? They're about one thing, everlasting life. See, 
Do you really own something if you can't keep it? The rich people of this world, the billionaires uh, of this world, the richest men of this world, do they really own that? Do they get to keep it? No. They got to give it up. They got to give it up. They come into this world naked. Job said, you go out naked. Uh, you're, you come in helpless, you're going out helpless. Many times you come in slobbering, you go out slobbering. God does that on purpose to show you that the futility of this life, vanity, vanity, yea, all is vanity. And so you better be doing something for eternity. You better be doing something that's real. Get a hold of your Bible, uh, which has the words of eternal life, and get a hold of the Lord Jesus Christ, which has everlasting life. That which the Egyptians tried to get and spent their whole nation's wealth on making it happen did not happen. Those dear Peruvians, Mayans, and Incas, and all those people in South America that built so many structures to try to have eternal life, they didn't get it that way. For it's not by works of righteousness we have done, but according to his mercy saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. That's the way you get it. I hope you trust Christ. Oh, my dear one. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I hope you never hear that again without listening to this. For God the greatest lover, so loved the greatest degree, the world the greatest company, that he gave the greatest act, his only begotten son the greatest gift, that whosoever the greatest opportunity believeth the greatest simplicity, in him the greatest attraction, should not perish but the greatest promise, but the greatest difference, have the greatest certainty, everlasting life, the greatest possession. Thank you, my brothers. God bless.